I want to look at Numbers chapter 13, Numbers chapter 13, verse 26. Um, we, we talked about strongholds last week, and I talked about a stronghold that Eve had. And I want, to, I want to show you a stronghold of this group of people now in Numbers chapter 13. Moses uh, has led the people out of Egypt. They've been in the promise, uh, excuse me, in the wilderness now for a little less than a year. And now they're beginning to spy out the promised land. And he sends 12 spies in. He sends in the, basically the top leader from every tribe into the promised land to check it out. And he says, go get a report on it. And here's their report. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israel, uh, Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. And there they reported to them, to the whole assembly, and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. They're like, this is it's real. Like, everything God said is real. It's really, it's really there. Here's, here's its fruit. Look at this. But, uh-oh. Uh-oh. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and they're very large. And we even saw descendants of Anak there and the Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites and all these other ites live in the country. <laughs> then Caleb, Caleb silenced the people. So he was one of the 12 spies. He silenced people before Moses and he said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. Let's go right now. Uh, I, I love it in the King James says, for we are well able. Everyone say, we are well able. He, he, he says, no, 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 we, we could do this. Let's go. Let, let's, let's go right now. Let's not overthink it. Let's go take the land. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report. Uh, again, the, the King James, this is what I'm, what I'm used to hearing from my childhood, uh, an evil report. And literally in the Hebrew language is they whispered. Think about 10 men whispering to 2 million people. They just start whispering. It's not, it's really going to be tough. We really can't. And people love to hear we can't because we think anytime we don't do something, we're safer. Mm. All right. Someone caught it in the back. They, they said the land we explore devours those who live in it. Man eating dirt. All the people we saw there are great size. We even saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak came from Nephilim. So they go, there's giants there, which there, a lot of theologians actually write and say they didn't see giants just as they were spying. Um, the, the way that they would look upon the city from the, from the hills would have made the people look taller because of their shadow, but they actually weren't even giants. It was just the way that they... They're really big over there. It's really, it's really bad over there. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Wait, you were spies. They never saw you. Now, now we got we to gotta keep going now to Numbers 14, verse 3. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Well, I want to talk today from the idea, who told you you're a grasshopper? Who told you you're a grasshopper? Look at your neighbor and say, you are not a bug. Tell them that you are not a bug. 
Help me to preach this thing, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. So, so as he thinketh in his heart, we looked at this last week, as, we, as he thinketh in his heart, so I can't separate my mind from my heart, by the way. I can't separate my thinking from my emotions. I can't. I can never separate that. So is he, that, that my life is going to look like my thoughts. That the thought is the ancestor to action. Israel has been in the wilderness for less than a year. Check this out, less than a year. And they are currently in the midst of the miraculous. Like these aren't like old miracles that they heard about. They're watching it happen. Like the parting of the Red Sea happened like less than a year ago from the time we just read that. Manna and quail, just every morning, just there. A water, uh, excuse me, a rock that just follows them, that just lets out fresh water every day. Uh, How about a pillar of fire by night that keeps them warm and a cloud by day that, that keeps them shaded? Like, this isn't like, this didn't just... This didn't happen like to their great-great-grandparents. They are living in the miraculous, and now they're staring at God's promise. They're staring at their promise, and they're staring at the thing that God told them to do. And they talked two million people out of the promise. Just 10 men. 10 out of the 12 come back with an evil report. And a whole generation, because here's what would happen next, a whole generation would miss out on their promised land. They were so desperate for bad news. Man, does that not sound like us? <laughs> so I want to help you, because I want to help you walk in your promise. I want to I help you get rid of that grasshopper thinking. I want to set you free today. I want to, I want to help your mind today. Here, here's the first thing. How do you see life? You got to ask this question. How do you see life? Here's how they saw life, verse 31. We can't. That's just how they saw life. We can't. Maybe you can, preacher, but I can't. Maybe they can over there, but I can't. Maybe that family can, but I can't. We can't. That was just their, that was their stronghold. We can't. George McDonald said, attitude is more important than facts. I really agree with this. I really do. The older I get, the more I agree with that. McDonald's point was this, that no matter how good life is, if you have a bad attitude, you're in trouble. You won't see it. You won't see the blessing all around you. You'll stare at your promise and miss it because your attitude By the way, attitude is more important than facts because no matter how bad life gets, if you've got a good attitude, you got hope. (laughs) You still got hope. Your attitude, how you see life matters. They, They spread, verse 32, a bad report, an evil report. They cursed God's provision and God's blessing. It was not the facts. Man-eating dirt, that wasn't true. Giants, that wasn't true. They're stronger than us, that wasn't true. It was their attitude. I see people all the time, you know, here's just a a little something that I've learned now five, 
over five years now pastoring this church and in ministry for 21 years. Anytime I've, I've done marriage counseling and that couple sits down, I've, I've never had someone come in and go, yeah, man, I'm the problem. I'm just, ugh. <laughs> never. You sit down and, and he goes, it's her. She crazy. And she points at him and goes, he's terrible. He's awful. And no one ever goes, yeah, I know. <sighs> I'm sorry. No. Because it's attitude. It's how you see things. It's how you see life. It's how you see. It's how you see. And they spread an evil report. The land was good, but man-eating dirt. The land is good, but giants. The land is good, but they're stronger than us. The land is good, but we're grasshoppers. The land, God, God is, is true. God actually is, is really telling us the truth. This really is a land flowing with milk and honey, but it's all attitude. And good circumstances cannot change your attitude. Now, that's hard to hear when you're in bad circumstances. So I understand, I'm not being insensitive, but, I'm tell, but I am telling you the truth. Well, if I just made more money, well, if they just start acting right, well, if I could just get out of Vegas, well, if, I could, well, if it just wasn't so hot here, well, if it just wasn't so windy in the summer, well, if it just wasn't so... Or, it's not better circumstances. I can, circumstances cannot change your attitude. Circumstances reveal attitude. <laughs> Here's their stronghold, verse 31. We can't. We can't. What about Egypt? You, you just saw God defeat the most powerful nation in the world less than a year ago. And now we can't. And you know what? They were right. Because the proverb writer said, as you think you are, but Henry Ford kind of gives the same language to it, right? He says, whether you believe you can or can't, you're right. <laughs> but see, Caleb fought against it. Caleb fought against that attitude. Caleb fought against that mentality. Caleb fought against what they were saying. Caleb was trying to fight against that stronghold. And God speaks about Caleb in Numbers 14, 24. And he says, my servant Caleb, he has a different attitude. Same circumstance, different attitude. Same place, different outlook. Same giants, different spirit. Same land, different view. Do, do you see it there? It was, he had a different, ad, he wasn't more, you know, more called or more anointed. No, he just had a different way of looking at it. And God goes, I like that. So I'm going to make sure that he gets the land he explored. And I'm going to make sure his kids possess it. And his kids were able to possess the promise of God because of Caleb's attitude. This word attitude right there, actually in the Hebrew, is he had a different spirit. And in the Hebrew language, the uh, theologians try to create some language around it. So they, they call it a prophetic spirit, which is cool. They, they say Caleb had a prophetic spirit. But the most true Hebrew to English transliteration would be this. Caleb had a next spirit. 
Oh, that's so cool to me. He was able to see what God could do and should do and might do. He was able to see what God wanted to do next. He wasn't obsessed with what God did. He was able to see what God wanted to, he had a next spirit. He was already able to see himself in the next season, possessing his promise. Come on, this is a prophetic house. This is a next, you know that City Light is a house for the next generation. I'm not preaching for me and I'm really not preaching for you. I'm preaching to your babies. I'm hoping I say something that hits your spirit that you can give to your kids so that not only do you possess the promise, but they possess. Somebody shout next. Man, I feel good this morning. He had a next spirit was able to see into the future and see what they could not see or what they refused to see. So so how do you see life? Number two, how do you see you? (laughs) See, it was not just that they had the wrong view of life or the wrong view of God. They had the wrong view of themselves. They saw themselves as insects to be squashed (laughs) we're just grasshoppers we're grasshoppers in our eyes and in theirs see because the enemy knows that the moment he gets your identity he's got the victory (sighs) they saw themselves wrong they didn't just have a lack of faith in God. They had a, they had a wrong self-image. And, and I want to say something that I'm not, I'm not trying to be all motivational speaker, whatever. But let me just say this. You, you cannot move forward with the wrong self-image. You just can't. You can't hate yourself and move into what God has for you. You can't conquer with a grasshopper mentality. I'm not talking about pride or ego or I'm not talking about anything over the top, but I am talking about you do have to have a healthy self-image. You have to. See, not a lot of amen. It's like, I don't know about that, Pastor. Feels a little Oprah-ish to me. Feels a little Tony Robbins to me. I'm reading the Bible. How are you going to raise your kids if you think you're a grasshopper? How are you going to love your wife if you think you're a grasshopper? How are you going to, how are you going to beat an addiction if you think you're a grasshopper? How are you going to conquer alcoholism if you think you're a grasshopper? How are you going to ever beat that substance if you think you're a grasshopper? If you see yourself as a loser, you're going to keep losing. So how do you see yourself? See, yourself image is a culmination of experience, of pain, of victories, of good and bad. So where did they get this from? Where did they, they they look at the best thing they've ever seen and they call themselves grasshoppers. Let me tell you why, because they had 400 years of a slave mentality. 
generation after generation enslaved to Egypt. And now they're looking at the blessing and they can't even step into it because they still feel like a slave. It made it very difficult for them to see themselves how God saw them. Can I say it like this? Israel was out of Egypt, but Egypt was not out of Israel. Let me say it like this. You, you've been saved, but you're, you're, you're out of the kingdom of darkness, but is the world out of you yet? Is Egypt out of you yet? And the answer is not fully, but, but, the, but the hope is we're going in that direction. This is what sanctification is. This is what the work of the Holy Spirit is. It's God getting that, that Egypt out of me. But, but depending upon your life and depending upon your experience, that might take a little bit longer and it might take a little bit more of a fight, right? If you were born into a really healthy family that you know, was really going after God and you just have that great generational legacy, it'll be easier. It just will be. So don't get mad at your parents. You just, you're going to set the tone for your kids. Amen. Amen. But if, but if you... If you came to, to faith with a lot of trauma and a lot of drama, then you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to get Egypt out of you and it, and it might be a lot harder. See, the Christian life is the best life. It, the life of faith is the most rewarding life. But it's so different than the world. It's usually so different than how you were raised. Can I get a witness? So Egypt is always calling back. Wow. <sighs> just come back. We'll make sure you're well fed. Just come, just come bake my bricks and we'll make sure you're well fed. Just come back under the system of Pharaoh, but we'll make sure that you have leeks and onions and fresh fish. And that's what they said, right? That's what they would go on to say. We don't want any more manna. We want leeks and onions from Egypt because it's always calling back. It's the illusion of safety. <laughs> you, you don't want to go back to what was, but you know yourself in that setting. You don't want to be the wife that you were, but you, but you knew how to control your husband. Well, all right. Can I talk a little bit? Don't worry, ladies. I'm coming after your hubby. Give me a second. This is going to really hit the 1145. That's when all the sinners come. They're going to love it. They're going to get hit. Y'all are a little more sanctified, but you wait till 1145. I'm going to be talking about selfies and thirst traps and all kinds of stuff. Those kids, some of y'all don't even know what those mean, but I'll... The kids will know at the 1145. You, you, didn't like, you didn't like the anger, sir, but you knew how to control the situation with it. You were ashamed of the lust, but at least you could find pleasure. And Egypt will give you what your body wants, but it destroys your soul and your self-image. It makes you, a, the world will make you a grasshopper. 
You know the thing about grasshoppers? They have, they have no rhyme or reason for what they do. I was studying grasshoppers yesterday. They have no rhyme or reason for what they do. No, I was. Hey, no illustrations, by the way. No illustrations today. No grasshoppers are going to Trust me, I don't like bugs. They have no rhyme or reason. You know that grasshoppers devour each other? They're just eating all the plants and, just, and they'll just eat each other up. And this system, this Egypt system, will make you devour. And you, and you, just, you just run in a weird, unplanned, un... And you have to get that grasshopper out of you. You got to get that Egypt out of you. And in the midst of them saying we're grasshoppers, you've got Caleb going, no, 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 we're well able. We're not grasshoppers. We're not that. And you're not that. We can take the land. We can do this. We were born for this. We were made for this. And so were you. You were made for this. You were born for this. You, you can take the land. You can inherit your promise. You can walk in the fullness of what God has for you. You're not a grasshopper. You're not an insect to be squashed. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Don't. But see, it was real to them, but it wasn't real. Can I prove it to you real quick? They go, oh man, they're stronger than us and they'll overtake us. And they'll, y'all know what Joshua chapter six says? It says that Jericho was tightly shut up because of the people. They were afraid of Israel. Israel's afraid of them, but they were afraid of Israel. Jericho was terrified of Israel. And they're over there in the wilderness going, they're going to kill us. And all the enemies are in the promised land going, they're going to come over here and kill us. Wow. God forbid your enemy has more faith in you than you do. Remember Pharaoh did that in Exodus 1. He said, he said we got to kill all these children lest they multiply. Like we've got to stop them before they realize who they are. You got to see yourself different. You got to see yourself different. How do you see yourself? You're going you're gonna to have to ask the Holy Spirit yes, yes. to reveal your value. Or you will continue in cycles that dehumanize you. I hope I'm helping somebody. Amen. Lastly, how do you see God? How do you see God? So, so first they glorify the enemy. Then they tear themselves down and then they attack the character of God. The Lord only brought us out here so we could die by the sword. <laughs> like, where did they even get this? 
They have been experiencing miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And all of a sudden they go, God, God just actually, this whole thing was a setup. God just wanted to kill us. Can I just remind somebody, God has not brought you this far. God has not brought you this far to leave you now. God has not brought you out of Egypt to let you die in the wilderness. Let me have the count. I got to end. I got to end. But it was just, it was their thinking. It was their stinking thinking. It was their grass, grasshopper mentality. That It was their attitude. One little negative thing happens. Says, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess it was my luck. No, 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 no. Don't give in to that. Oh, I guess I deserve it. No, 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 no. We don't get what we deserve. We believe in grace. We don't. Those he predestined, he also called. Amen. Amen. Oh, that's how you got to see God. That's how you got to see God. That's how you got to see God. And those he called, he justified. Amen. I don't know if you know what that means, but that means it's just as if you've never sinned. You're justified. You've been paid in full. You are not on layaway. You all don't even know. Does anybody even know what layaway is anymore? Am I too old? Turning 40 in October. Y'all know what layaway is? Like maybe. I'll put something down. No, no, no. God didn't put you on layaway. He bought you in full. You are justified. And if you're justified, you're going to be glorified. So what should I say in response to that? To what I just read in verse 30. What should I say? <laughs> if God is for us. Who can be against us? There is nothing that is against you that can defeat what God has for you. And then then he just like, he puts the icing on the cake. And in case you just are not catching it yet, in case you're a little hard-headed like Jabin, and if he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, Will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Like he starts with the best. So if he gave you the best, won't he give you everything else? Won't he give you everything you need? Won't he provide for every need? Won't he heal your body? Won't he set your soul free? Won't he bring peace to your mind? Won't he bring your children back to God? Won't he restore your family? Come on, if he gave you his son, will he not give you anything? If he started with his most precious thing, won't he give you every other thing? If he set you free from Egypt, can he put you in the promised land? Christian, you cannot move forward if you think God's against you. Don't let the land intimidate you. God is for you. Don't let the giant scare you. God is for you. Don't let a slave mentality keep you bound. God is for you. You are not a grasshopper. You are a child of the most high 
Give God some praise in the house of the Lord. I'm done. Oh, come on. If God is for us, if God is for you, sickness cannot be against you. If God is for you, poverty will not be against you. If God is for you, no devil in hell can be against you. If God is for you, I feel the Lord driving out darkness right now out of your midst.